You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Today's episode, The Art of Charity. Hello. Hey, Josh. Yes. Hi. Lloyd, how are you? What are you, what are you talking about? Good to hear from you. It's been a while, Lloyd. Uh, what's going on? Uh, nothing of any consequence. Um, I've been looking over the paperwork. Everything seems to be in order. Josh, what, uh, what, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. I, I think that uh, probably the assessment is a little low, but uh, I can certainly talk to uh, the rest of the board. Get you, uh, we can get your response on that maybe next month. Okay, Josh, you, you, uh, honestly, you're, you're, you're starting to scare me. What's, what's going on? See, I don't know why the orders were processed in this manner. April is in the room with me right now. I can't talk. Who's April? She's my maid. Wait a second. What are, what are you talking about? You don't have a maid. I I think we could do that. Sure, twenty lots. Yeah, we can we can move that to Cleveland. Okay, okay. She's leaving. She's leaving the room. April happens to be my maid. What do you mean a maid? I, I'm sorry. Do I need to explain the word maid to you? She's my maid. She she cleans my apartment. Why do you have a maid? Since when do you have a maid? Since uh, some time now. Perhaps if you spent more time inquiring into my private life, you'd have known that. Well, why do you have a maid? John, you know very well that I enjoy a, a variety of foods. Y you've seen my cabinets. You know I have dozens, dozens of vinegars, oils, condiments. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even get it straight. It was affecting my life. I needed someone to help me straighten it out. Wait a second. So you? I so couldn't you, do it alone. So you, 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 you've gotten a maid for that? You know, it started out with that, but then, you know, there's lots of other things that need to be done. It's Shay Josh. She's, she's essentially become indispensable. I mean, I, I, I don't In, know. Indispensable. Yes, she cannot be dispensed with. Do you understand the concept of quality of life? I'm a better person. I'm more reasoned. I'm calmer. Because I, I guess, like, you know, what with your hectic lifestyle and whatnot, you, you need someone to pick up the slack for you. Look, John, I, why is it? It's like it's a hobby for you to call me up and berate me. Who are you to call me up on the telephone and... Yes, absolutely. No, there, there'll be no problem with that. I'll have it faxed over to you uh, by 9 a.m. She's in the room again, isn't she? April's in the room with you? Right, that's correct. And and I, I'm, I'm guessing you can't speak like a normal person when you have your maid in the room, right? Well, well that's a complicated question, Lloyd. What, when did you get this maid? Oh, I would say... Ooh, on my watch, it's been about a week and a half. And, 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 and so, so you've been in the midst of like a, a week and a half long performance, like, like not, not being yourself for a week and a half. That's what you're doing. Lloyd, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you on that. What does she think you are, like a loan officer? Well, that's amusing, Lloyd. That's not the sort of thing I, I generally hear in, in this line of uh, and, and, trade. And, and, and why does she have to think that my name is Lloyd? Uh, an, an excellent point, Lloyd. Well, I, I, I think we've uh, wrapped it up then, and um, so uh, what the hell is the matter with you? What? I'm hearing through the phone. You're yelling. Like, do, you have, do you not have any respect? I, I, I take it she's in the other room right now? Why does this bother Yeah, that's correct. Why does this bother you so much? Why are you hating on me? What do you have her doing? What is she doing in the other room anyway? Tending to my comic book collection. Well, does she do anything practical? Like, does she, will she clean the toilet? Look, John, I've asked her to do some things. She hasn't exactly done them. Okay, she's refused, point blank. She's not even a good maid. No. No, 
not a good maid. Look, I, I'm, not, I'm not making a rational defense of having a maid. I have no money. How am I going to pay her? I might have to start working in her apartment as a maid to make the money back to pay her. Well, why are you doing this? John, it's not just about me. It's about her, okay? It's not always about me and my needs. Right now, it's about her needs. Don't you have any sense of charity? Don't you like to help people? I do. She, look, she just put a down payment on a red Mini Coupe. I have to give her, uh, you know, a solid place of employment. Otherwise, she's going to be out on the street. But... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, what? She just went by with the vacuum cleaner, what? Wait, wait, hang on a second. You like this girl? Yeah, I've developed some feelings for her. Well, what about Chrissy? Chrissy. That's down the crapper, that one. Forget about that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I, th thank you. Well, wh why, why, did you why did you guys split up? Well, we didn't exactly break up. She dumped me. Well, why? I don't know. She claimed I had no ambition, no no, no goals, no dreams. I, I didn't handle it very well. What do you mean? And so uh, I just, I've just been sitting around, you know? I have a stocked fridge, right? I've just been eating myself into oblivion. I just had my ninth bowl of Fruit Loops. It's not easy, okay? Mm -hmm. there's, there's some, there's some self-recrimination there, okay? And, and we all know that self-recrimination leads to um, Fruit Loops, jars of maple syrup being drunk, pounds of gummy bears being consumed, okay? It's not easy. It takes a mental toll. Right, right after she dumped me, right, the next two days, I, I haven't left the apartment. I'm sitting in the middle of my living room eating food. There's, there's, there's wrappers around me with Elvita boxes. You, you name it. Yeah, okay. Well, I think the gents in accounting can, uh, can have uh, run by that, and uh, maybe we could uh, get it to you, oh, by Tuesday? Uh, all right, all right, all right, she's gone. Now, listen, you don't understand, okay? I, I was not in a good way. April has saved me from all that, from my torpor, from my sloth. She's rejuvenated me. Look, I'm, 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 I gotta say, I'm hopeful about this, right? I, you, you know, you can be as cynical as you want, but I like April, okay? I like, like her, mm -hmm. okay? You like her more than a friend. I'm, I like her as like a, like a, like an intimate. You know, that's a lot of like. Josh, can I, can I honestly, can I speak frankly? No. I've had some bad experiences with you in the past about that. It, this honestly doesn't sound very healthy to me. Healthy, healthy. You know what isn't healthy? Okay, Mr. Mr. Healthy Talk, Mr. Au Naturel. What isn't healthy is the way that I was living before in my own filth and in my own despair. Okay, April has raised me from that, okay? Yes, yeah, so well, I can go over the figures with you next Thursday if that's necessary. Um, what? Uh, uh, um, Lloyd, I'm, I'm going to um, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. Oh, you, do you have to go, Josh? I do, yes. Is, is, is everything okay? What's going on? Oh, um, my, my maid needs to, um, needs, needs a line, actually, to, to call her, uh, her husband. Oh, ouch. Yes, it's been, it's been good doing business with you. I, uh, I'm going to have several other deals in the works soon. I anticipate perhaps uh, a large shipment of breakfast cereal quite, quite soon. I, I am getting off the phone. Well, I better I better let you go, Josh. I am getting off the phone. I, I said I'm getting off the phone. Jonathan Goldstein. Yes. Hi, Jonathan. This is Hugh Jenks calling from Scoff. Uh, hi. Um, uh, Scoff? 
Right. SCOF is the Stop Childhood Obesity Fund, and we're calling to enlist your help. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, what, what, what can I do for you? Well, I'm calling you about our SCOF calendar. I don't know if, if you've seen it. It's been one of our most um, popular programs for a fundraiser and to increase awareness. Every year we do it at different, um, different media personalities, and this year we've decided to, uh, to approach CBC radio people and CBC oh. radio producers on their talent. So that's great. And you, you would like me to be in this calendar? Uh, absolutely. Oh, um, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally I'm in for that. Great, great. Um, I'm actually I'm really excited about this year. This year we're trying something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The calendar is called CBC U Naked, and we're going to have personalities from. Uh, wait, wait, ex excuse me, CBC U Naked? Yes, yeah. It's a play on words. Uh -huh. um, CBC U Naked. So right. because you're on the radio, it's mm -hmm. you. Um, it's uh, right, but wh why the why naked? Um, in order to get a little more awareness and to, and to draw publicity, mm -hmm. we're doing um, chateau natural, if you will, of the different radio personalities. Now, when you say au oh, natural, you you mean you mean uh... right, right in the in the nude. So we've got uh, we've got four months left. There's uh, January, which will be a cold one. Uh, May, which is a nice month. Um, September, my birth month, and uh, October. Like, like, like in October, you'd be standing there naked, uh, carrying a jack-o'-lantern. And I'm just spitballing here, but maybe like a, a microphone in front of your pubis, delicately arranged. Um, so, it's, so you're in your natural element. Yeah, Hugh, I, I got to tell you, I, I don't, I don't think this is for me. Let me. I, w I want to absolutely assure you that this is going to be very, very. It's above board. We have professionals. There'll be closed sets. It's not going to be pornography. It's not going to be seedy. We're not going to have wind machines and, and shag carpeting and Vaseline and cellophane and none of that. And if you're worried about your pubis, we'll be. It's going to be a closed set, and we'll have a, a microphone. Yeah, you, you. I got to tell you, like every time, even you use the word pubis, and make it makes me very uncomfortable. Well, the word pubis is a very, a very normal word. I'm. I'm I'm not comfortable using anything saltier, if that's what you're asking for, Jonathan. I really don't think this is for me, you. It's. I understand your hesitation, Jonathan, but it's going to be. It's artful. Do you? Are you? Do you like art? Yeah, I like. I, I like art. Of course you do. Everybody loves art. I mean, you know, it's going to be. I'm sure Michelangelo. You're familiar with Michelangelo, mm -hmm. Rembrandt. Those beautiful, mm -hmm. just glowing nudes. From what you're telling me, this business with a microphone in front of the uh, in front of my um, front my of my, pubis. my pubis, yeah, I don't I don't see it. Like I've never seen a, 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 an oil painting like that. Well, you know, it could be a basket of fruit, for instance, or a loaf of bread. It's not the the artifact that matters. It's the spirit with which you're entering it, and you're doing it for the children in order to help to stop this scourge. And we think it's really, really, really important. Mm-hmm. You know, when when it's convenient, we'll just take a couple of hours. We'll pick you up. We can drive you out to the country. We can set up a tableau of some sort um, and do some photographs, try some different angles, see what works, see what doesn't work. It'll be all above board, very, very, very classy. And I think um, in nature, it'll be a little more comfortable for you than in your in your surroundings, in your normal day to day surroundings, and you can be a little less, little little more uninhibited, and and it's all in the spirit of fun. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like fun to me. I mean, like for me, like to be, you know, naked, 
you know, at home or in a shower or something like that and get out of the shower. I put my clothes on right away. I don't sit on the couch. And then I, I, you know, it's, it's... I understand. I understand what's going on. I understand what you're saying. You've got some body image issues. N no, I, I... Jonathan, one of the things we say at Scuff every day, we say the body is a beautiful thing. All bodies are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Don't you agree? Don't you think your body's beautiful, Jonathan? I... I think my body is beautiful for, you know, brief periods of time and, and usually in the dark. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. Look, I don't think I have a body image problem. I'm fine with my body. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a private thing. I don't, I don't feel comfortable having a lot of people looking at me. You know, Jonathan, I don't understand people like you. What do you care who's looking at you? You're a big media personality, and you share your life with the world, and you're always talking about this and that and letting people into your life. But as soon as it's time to get naked, conceal your pubis, of course, and help a child, well, then all of a sudden it's, oh, I need my privacy. I need my privacy. Well, I'm not buying it. Hugh, there's got to be something else that I could do. Like what, Jonathan? Like, what do you suggest? Are you going to get on the radio, Mr. Funny Guy, and make jokes about it? No. You're going to tease, tease kids about it? No. It's not a funny problem. Mm -hmm. It's kids suffering. It's 10-year-old kids who don't have, they can't lose weight because they can't find bikes that fit them. You know what, Jonathan? This isn't a problem that's going to go away. There is an army of obese children out there, and they will be heard. They're not getting their smart snacks. They're not getting their government programs. They're not getting the help they need. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop until they're heard. Do you understand me? Mm -hmm. And they've had enough jokes. They need money now. You think this is funny, Jonathan? I, I, no, I don't. I don't think it's funny. Well, well then why don't, why don't you do your part? Why don't you lend a hand? Why don't you pitch in? Yeah, but you, I mean, what, what makes you think that my getting naked will, will, will make fat kids money? Fat kids? Fat kids? Well, no, you, I mean, you know what I mean. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Obese kids. Ob obese children. Fat kids is a slur, Jonathan. It's a slur. I, I'm sorry. If I was calling you, if I was calling you from, the, from the Lupus Prevention Society, is that, is that how you'd answer? Can't help the loopies. Don't have time for the loopies. It, or, the, or the Pluracy Society. Ooh, I'm not going to cough up any money. Ha, ha, ha. Cough up any money. No, you wouldn't. Because you think of those awful diseases as exactly what they are. But you and society in general are refusing to recognize that childhood obesity is an enormous problem. No, I, I know it's enormous. What is that, another fat joke? No, I, I, I mean, I, it's a big problem. I get it, Jonathan. It's a big, fat, ha-ha, funny, chubby problem. I... Well, I've got news for you. It is. It's a big problem that costs billions of dollars every year. But you know what? It's a problem that can be stopped if all of us, when we have the opportunity, do something small to help. And if by stripping down and taking a few lousy pictures and appearing I... in a calendar, Jonathan Goldstein can prevent one 10-year-old, one obese 10-year-old from getting titty whistle, well, then I don't know what you're waiting for. I, I don't know what your excuse is. I, I, I mean, I, I, no, I'm just... Oh, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable with my body. It's not my style. Well, that's not good enough. You know, you have a very aggressive campaign, you. You know, it's something it's something I feel very passionate about. All right. Um, what, what were those uh, What were those months that you said you still have available? Oh well, we've uh, we've got a, a few. We've got May, which is a nice month. Um, well, how, how about December? Because uh, December's December's my birthday month. Of course, 
of course he'll be in, in December. Everybody's in December. It's our big grand finale. What do you what do you mean grand finale? If we give every every personality gets their own uh, gets their own month, and then uh, December we do the grand grand finale group shot. Naked? You know we've got um, I've got a lot of plans for it. My brother-in-law has a uh, a country house, and it, it's actually quite a spread. It's uh, there's a hill and river, and he's got a hayloft. He said we could use it for the day. You know we'll get everybody out there. We'll you know have a it'll be catered and everything, and we'll try a. a you know, we'll do it. In, we'll get really nice natural light. You know what I'm thinking? Human pyramid. A, a naked human pyramid. It'll be stunning. Absolutely stunning. I can just imagine it now. All 11 of you. All of you stacked like Bowlingtons. The sunlight. Maybe uh, some hay bales. Maybe we can do something with the shadows. We'll, uh, we've got a great photographer lined up. It's going to be really, really, really beautiful. You know, if you want, you can invite the family. You can make it a picnic. We'll have fancy snacks and um, and maybe we'll do a naked hayride. My parents got um, divorced when I was 12, and my mom moved us to Cairo to live with her parents. Is that where you're from originally? I was born there, but I'm not Egyptian. So we moved in with our grandparents, and I was very, very unhappy because, uh, of course, the life was very different, and everybody was uh, veiled, and I was used to Montreal, where I'd been for the previous uh, eight years. And so I had a hard time adjusting to the culture, and also just that my status as a female there was completely different, and it was very irritating to me. There were certain clothes I couldn't wear and certain things I couldn't say, and my whole behavior and my whole self had to be censored to, to fit in there. My mom got this maid, and um, she was kind of a nanny, housekeeper. Uh, she basically did everything uh, except for cook. And she was exactly my age, and so I became very good friends with her. What was her name? And Miriam. She was very, very beautiful. She had this long, long black hair, and it was kind of wavy, and she had giant green eyes and the longest lashes I've ever seen on anyone and she her whole self was kind of open she was very curious and uh, very intelligent in an intuitive way she'd asked me how Canada was and and I, I always told her in America it's like that and the, the next reaction from her was always, wow, really? You know, that's amazing. And yeah, and then I'd say something else, you know, that was even more sort of uh, audacious. And she'd oh, really? Wow, I wish it was like that where I came from. And it was just a back and forth like that. I thought it was unfair that she couldn't, wasn't allowed to go to school and that she was completely literate. And um, and she told me all these horrible things that happened. She came from like um, 
the Egyptian countryside. She was uh, circumcised with a razor blade, and she said it got infected, and she had fever, and it was really traumatic for her. And her brother would, would beat her. Um, yes, yeah, horrible, horrible stories from her village. So I was determined not to have her go back there. So we started having lessons, learning um, English words, mostly for things that she was using, like uh, knife, fork, you know, butter, bread, uh, milk, things like that. And then I'd teach her how to spell those words and also how to count. She had no base, so it wasn't even like I, I could translate the knowledge she already had in Arabic. Uh, she had no knowledge, basically. And we would take uh, one or two hours a day to do this. So she sort of became your, your, your personal project. Yeah. So that was going very well, and she was really learning very quickly. I was um, very encouraged by that. And my mom told me, look, Yasmin, I know that your intentions are good and you're trying to help this girl, and that's very uh, nice of you. But um, she said, you know, be careful, because up till the day she met you, she thought that her life was usual, that it was normal, and that everybody lives like that. She says, already you've brought her out of this, and now she knows that where she comes from is uh, difficult and unfair and, you know, kind of cruel. Uh, but she has no tools to ever get a job anywhere else. So I was angry at my mom for saying that, but I wasn't prepared to give up on her just because of what my mother said. I continued to, to go about these lessons with her every day for a year. And um, one day we had a geography lesson. So I borrowed my grandfather's atlas and I showed her the image of the entire world, flattened out as it usually is. And she said, but you told me that the world was round. I said, yes, but you know, they open it and make it flat like this so that you can see the whole thing on one, on one or two pages. I mean, she even didn't understand that, that the world was round. You know, that she couldn't really wrap her head around this, all these countries and, and all these places. And I said, well, let's start with this. And you find Cairo on this map. Um, you show me where you think it is and how big you think it is. And she pointed to all of South America. She thought Cairo was the size of South America. So in her world, Cairo was like a, just such a giant piece of everything. And I, I was so happy to show her that it wasn't. And I took a little pin and I said, Cairo is this head of this pin right here. And she said, what, just that? I said, yeah, that's how big the world is. I thought she'd be very excited to see how this place where she comes from is just a speck of sand, you know, compared to the, the vastness of the planet. And that there was so much more to see than what she had been exposed to. 
and that that would be an exciting thing for her. But uh, something in her face just crumbled. And instead, she was so devastated. She, she broke. She completely just broke. She started crying, and she went to her room, and I was knocking on her room, and she said, no, I just want to cry. Leave me alone. So I was, I was very nervous because I had the, you know, the warnings of my mom echoing in my head, and I started thinking, oh, God, you know, she was right. I shouldn't have done this, I'm, you know. And, um, and, um, and then we stopped the lessons. The friendship we had kind of, uh, you know, ended with the Atlas. So when I left to boarding school, a few months later, uh, Mariam went back to her village because it was time for her to get married. Um, but uh, a few years later, I came back to Cairo to visit my mom for Christmas. And um, and we did, someone was at the door, so we opened the door, and it was Miriam. And we were really surprised to see her, because nobody had had any news from her since she left and went back to her village. And um, she sat down, and, and I said, well, you know, I'm sorry. After our geography lesson, I, I really, I, I thought I was doing something good for you, but I realized that this knowledge was of no use to you except to torture you and that wasn't what I was trying to do and she 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 stopped me from speaking and she said I just mean I came all this way to tell you thank you because when I go back to my village I had more knowledge than any of the girls and I was able to marry the pharmacist mm -hmm. and that he was very nice and kind to her and that's all thanks to you. But ultimately, I think that's what empowered her, you know, this sense of relativity that she had suddenly, you know, to see that her village was nothing compared to the rest of the world and that it maybe it made her feel like, um, you know, everybody go to hell. You don't even know how little and shitty this place is compared to everything else. You know, knowledge is always power, even if it's a little bit of it. And I, I saw that in her. She had her head up high and, uh, you know, she had that vibe like, uh, no one can mess with me now. On Wiretap today, you heard Joshua Carpati, Jorge Just, and Yasmin Shatila. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. Production help from Mira Burt Wintonic.